0: Good morning, Mendocino County and beyond. You are tuned in to Wild Oak Living, the bi-weekly radio program about living sustainably and building community in Mendocino County and beyond. This is Johanna Wild Oak. I bring you this program, as I said, every other Thursday from 9 to 10 a.m. And today we are going to be uh, sort of picking up um, a thread that I started well, I, I'm not quite sure when I started this, but is somewhere in, in the early phases of the pandemic, I believe, um, I had a show where I invited people to call in and talk about, uh, how, how you were faring in the pandemic and what it, you know, and, and how you were dealing with it and what kind of tools you were using to, to live with it and to deal with all the issues that came up during the pandemic. And, and now we are much further along Uh, it's probably been almost a year since since that program and at least in this country we seem to be coming out of the pandemic and uh, there are uh, all kinds of um, reactions and responses that that i'm seeing and that i'm observing and that people seem to be having to it from on the one end of the spectrum are raring to go and on the other hand of the spectrum, you know, uh, people who even though they might have been vaccinated are still feeling scared and are feeling, are still feeling fearful. So in the first 45 minutes of this program today, we are going to be uh, inviting your calls to talk about uh, how, where you are right now and, and how you are dealing with this phase of the pandemic, the, the sort of coming out of it but not quite yet and still being fearful perhaps. And by we, I mean, Joanne Rosen, a local therapist and I, we're going to be taking your calls and and Joanne is going to kick things off first uh, um by talking a bit about the concept of resilience and the kind of work that she does around that and then when then in a few minutes we are going to be inviting your phone calls and if you want to get a pencil and write down the phone number that's 895 2448 895 2448 that's the number for you to call to um, join this conversation in a couple of minutes and then at 8 45 we are going to be joined by Luisa Arona who is going to be talking to us about uh, another kind of resilience and that's a kind of a hands-on living off the land uh, skills kind of resilience um, that's that comes from learning how to do that and she's going to be talking to us about some workshops here in our county that are coming up to do that so you're going to want to stay tuned for that because that will also be very interesting so now I would like to welcome Joanne Rosen and and and, and invite you to talk a bit about the work that you do and about the concept of resilience. Welcome to Wildlife Living Joanne.
1: Well thanks Johanna
0: um,
1: For uh, many, many years I uh, met with individuals and families and groups, uh, helping them navigate the challenges of everyday life until it became evident to me that the number of challenges to our everyday life were just going to be escalating and that having uh, access to one other person to help them through those challenges just didn't scale to what our culture might need, and uh, so I I began to study a thing called community resiliency model. And by resiliency, we mean being able to identify your strengths in a challenging situation and then put them to use. Uh, our nervous system gets dysregulated quite easily and we know very little about our nervous system and how to re-regulate it but it's quite an amazing um, resource if we learn about it learn how to work it to our advantage Uh, we might not have a sense of uh, delight and bliss all the time Uh, might not is quite an understatement but we don't need to be hijacked by the emergency aspect of our nervous system and if we know the symptoms the signs of being hijacked we can do something right away Um, that takes uh, being in our bodies and having formed some habits of what to do when you notice you're getting close to being hijacked or completely hijacked and uh and putting those into, into practice right away. So this morning, what I'm kind of focusing on is that, you know, we've all been traumatized in some way or another by the pandemic. And the pandemic has also made it so obvious um, the, the well-being gap in in our culture the the kinds of privilege that uh, has become just glaringly blatant and so how to navigate all that how to share it with each other without actually re-traumatizing ourselves because in the process of telling a story we can either be an observer and or we can be caught up in the story again in which case it just dysregulates our nervous system even more so um here and there when callers are uh, uh, making their statements if uh, i sense that they might be kind of getting out of that zone of well-being or okayness i might ask if they would take a pause and um, just notice what's going on for themselves we can all tell when we're dysregulated if we pay attention but sometimes we're so carried away by the moment that we forget to look inside and the purpose of that is that when we're dysregulated our executive functioning our creativity our ability to relate to each other Uh, And our ability to to see a big picture uh, diminishes. And if we can have a practice of re-regulating ourselves on the spot, then our clear thinking and our natural intelligence and our good coping mechanisms and our care for each other will come through. So I'll ask you uh, if, if you... Care to just take a breath and um, I might ask other questions, but not to feel like you're on the spot and that you've got to say, oh, yeah, say anything you want to me. Just feel like you're completely in choice. And um, just to mention that um, we have all kinds of traumas. And we've formed all kinds of habits, some of which can be helpful or not, some of which can be helpful in the short run, but not in the long run. Uh, People who tend to be shy might have seen uh, the pandemic as kind of a relief from social pressures and then find that it's much harder to go back out into the world and want to connect, that we're out of the habit so um, that's one kind of trauma that or habit forming that might not be beneficial another is the horrible realization that some of us are way privileged and what are we going to do about it and that there have been choices that we've made to take care of ourselves that necessarily haven't taken care of others and how to manage that kind of moral imposition that the pandemic has made so
0: i'll stop there and see what unfolds and thank joanne uh because it's so important i'd like to ask just one a couple, one actually two follow-up questions if you don't mind um the one thing you mentioned um that was uh, that i think is really important is bringing yourself out of this state of of dysregulation and back into your body and and i know that that you have and uh, you know you, you teach workshops and you have a number of tools that you teach um but i just uh i wonder if you could just mention a couple of things that that we can do to to quickly return ourselves to our physical presence and 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 be able to recognize not only recognize that we're dysregulated but perhaps do something about it it's a big topic but just maybe a couple of things for example like I I know I know one of the things I learned was you know to drink drink uh, hot hot or cold liquid (laughs) I'm laughing because that's what you're doing right now And, or, 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 you know, to, uh, to hug yourself or to wrap yourself into a blanket or, you know, sing, things that have to do with, with connecting with your physical body and, and sort of altering your state. Sure.
1: Um, first of all, uh, we don't live in our bodies very often because we're outer focused. Our whole lives are uh, wrapped up in outer focus. So if we can spend some time deliberately, like in the morning, when you first open your eyes, just to notice what's going on in the body and to, you know, you can start with your feet and see if you can feel them or rub them on the sheets, Um, doing anything that just is focusing on how does my body feel right now? What are the parts and do they feel pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral? And then finishing off that little session with yourself with focusing on some of the parts that feel pleasant or neutral. So that's like developing a habit of paying attention to your body and then during the day have, a, have something that happens where you pay attention to your body. Like, for instance, feel a doorknob. You know, just every time you make a deal with yourself, every time I go out a door, I'm just going to notice my hand on the doorknob, or I'm going to wash the dishes, I'm going to wash one dish, noticing how the water feels on my hands, or before the phone rings, taking one deep breath and seeing what that does. So a little uh, habit forming of things that you know are going to happen all day long. Or even in driving, uh, noticing how your hand feels on the wheel, taking the opportunity every time you see a stop sign to notice how your back is supported or notice your foot on the brake, anything that brings your attention back to your body, including when you're in a stressful situation, doing the kinds of things that you suggested. uh, Putting on hand lotion, taking a drink, um, really wrapping up in, uh, in uh, a blanket or a jacket or a shawl and spending enough time, like three breaths worth of time, really seeing how that affects the rest of your body. Um, sometimes people like, if they're feeling very frustrated, to push on a wall, as if you're trying to move the wall um, or to lean against the wall, like you're sitting in a chair, but there's no chair and just feeling the pressure or having um, an animal, uh, you know, your dog, sit on your lap and feel that weight on your lap. Uh, those are the kinds of things you can do to bring yourself back into your body.
2: Great. Thank
0: you for that. I think those are really helpful ideas. Well, we're going to open the phone lines now. If you'd like to join this conversation, if you have a story to share, uh, or some questions about the concept of of resilience in the face of pen, of the pandemic, the trauma that perhaps you're taking away from it, and what you know what your your fears might be about going forward, or you know your success stories, how have you successfully? Um, you know dealt with the, with the trauma and and are you looking forward to the future and uh, we'd like to hear all of that if you would like to join us uh, for give us a call the number to call is 895 2448 that's in the 707 area code 895 2448 and uh, Eddie will let me know when there is a call Um, Joanne, while we wait for calls, the other thing I wanted to ask you that you mentioned that I think is really important, uh, and I've learned a lot from that concept, is um, the ability to share or to invite somebody to share their story with you in a way that doesn't re-traumatize them. While we wait for a call, maybe we could talk a little bit about that. Okay, that sounds good. Um, and, and I think you're also doing workshops about this kind of topic, right? Uh, yes,
1: I've been doing workshops uh, through the library.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. So
1: we can, uh, if you're interested, you can contact the library for future workshops.
0: And that's the Ukiah library? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So,
1: um, when when I'm retelling a story uh i'm wanting that connection with the other person but oftentimes i get so involved in telling the story i want it to be alive for the other person and i want them to really get what i went through but at the end i might end up feeling more riled up and need more support and have to tell the story more and more and more and it becomes a vicious cycle I think also it's very common, I think in social situations, as we get back together in, in company, um, people are going to share their miserable stories uh, because it's it's connecting. But how can we find a way that's connecting without the downside of... Uh, of making it worse, uh, I'm seeing that we have a call, and maybe in a lull I can. Oh, it's finish. interesting.
0: You're see, You're yes. Uh, it's uh, Eddie. I just wanted to let Eddie know uh, because of because of the the computer that I'm on. I'm only seeing the person that's talking at the time. And so Joanne is seeing that your sign t- letting us know that that we're having a call. But I actually can't see it unless unless you make a noise, Eddie, because the picture won't switch. Unless you well, say something, so maybe you know, Joanne
1: can be the can, one that that's Yeah, the I site. can
0: tell you that there's a call coming in. Great. Right. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and take the call. Hello, caller, you're live one while they living.
3: Hi. Thank you for the great show. Um, I've I, I was fortunate enough to be able to retire when the uh, pandemic began. Not because of the pandemic, though, but because I got. Uh, uh stressed out by computers and how they were changing my business <laughs> and I just decided I couldn't deal with that anymore. So I was fortunate enough to be able to retire at that time. But um, I've I've found a great deal of uh solace in what Thich Nhat Khan calls uh walking meditation because I walk every morning and just uh becoming more aware of how appreciative I am of of what's around me and where I am, and uh, uh, just noticing, trying to know. Even though I take about the same walk every day, I try to notice something wonderful. And I write every morning for um, for about forty five minutes. I write, handwrite, three pages every morning, and I just I, that that's kind of like my psychiatrist. My, I'm, you know, I even sometimes ask myself, how do you feel about that? I write that, and then I answer it because that's what a psychologist usually does. Uh, when I, in years past, have had some therapy, and and I, I find that if I just make myself, even though I don't feel like it, complete those three pages, just keep pushing myself through. Sometimes I really get on a roll. I write more than three pages, and it's very helpful and enlightening. So that, those are some of the ways that I've gotten through.
0: Oh, thank you so much, caller, for, for sharing that. Joanne, do you have some uh, yeah, call, feedback or questions for our call? I think the walking meditation is,
1: is uh, fabulous, and um, that... If you will also notice how your body is responding to those delightful moments that you see, and give it a three or four breaths to actually notice how the body is responding, then um, that actually strengthens the neural pathways to your sense of well-being. If you just go, "Oh yeah, there's a nice rose. That looks nice," and you and then you go buy it. Um, without allowing yourself to really feel what it is, then you, you don't actually benefit that much. But you can get a lot more benefit by just pausing in those moments of delight or well-being and uh, creating more resilience for yourself.
3: Thank you.
0: Thank you for calling and all the best. Okay, we have another call. Let's go for it. Hello.
4: Hello, Caller. You're live on Wild Oak Living. Hi. Wonderful topic. Go ahead. I just wanted wanted to share that, um, we're, of course, we're not in our bodies. We're not, we're, we are in our heads, and the news keeps bombarding us. It's not just the pandemic. It's what's been happening politically and um the news is just horrible, and people, you know, we all, myself, latch on to it to see what's going on and just to be current. But I, I just want to refer to Eckhart Tolle and uh, the New Earth, uh, his book and the Power of Now. It's all about a practice, as you are saying, in disengaging from the stories because we keep, we keep telling, the, telling the stories in our own heads. That just reinforces the triggers in our bodies of unwellness and not feeling well, and um, anxiety. And it's 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 easy to say, but if one practices, you know, once you know, I'm just thinking about watching the, the the January 6th insurrection, how horrifying that was, and then having myself to disengage. And what am I doing with these? Emotions and feelings. Going out for a walk is really important because then you have to pay attention to where you're walking. But I really suggest that Eckhart Tolle's um, videos, and he talks about a pain body that we all carry on, carry around. around. It's a it's a baggage that we inherit from our culture, from families. Um, these um, Opinions that really shape who we are and that really always don't serve us. So um, I just want to put that out there. And the pandemic has been, yes, not fun for me. And I have friends who passed away and died from COVID. And I've known people who caught COVID. But it's not, has been as horrible as I'm hearing some people dealing with it. It's turned our lives upside down. But if you have a practice of something that can uh, put you into a different mind space, it always helps. And um, I'm still seeing people out there reacting with um, overreacting and uh, projecting their anger at people or frustrations. That's what concerns me more. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for calling
0: Joanne, I would leave, love to invite you to share whatever your thoughts, thoughts have come up.
1: Well, from the last caller, I was thinking, you know, our nervous systems are wired about five times um, more to notice what's wrong than what's right, uh, to notice what's threatening, because that's a survival mechanism. And uh, rather than feel bad that we seem to habitually uh, look at the negative, is to realize that in order to uh, become more and more resilient, we have to consciously push ourselves to feed that well being uh, sense of in our bodies. And so taking walks, noticing when we are telling ourselves a story that is uh, perhaps not true and just letting it go or asking ourselves, could there be another explanation? Uh, Could I be wrong? Uh, Am I sure of this? That can also be very helpful. And that seeking out uh, connection whether it's connection with the earth or connection with other beings, uh, is really important to make that time in the day.
0: I will out myself as saying that I was—I am actually one of those people who uh, cherished the solitude and the quietness that came with the pandemic, and the not having—not having to go do any social engagement and not having to entertain at home um and without having to have some kind of a reason other than the pandemic that was i actually felt that as a great as a great relief uh it's not that i don't want to connect with people it's just that i actually felt felt that that that, that time of solitude when everybody else, well, not everybody, but many other people were in a similar situation and, and it could it just sort of happened without a lot of explanation, um, that to me felt actually like a relief. With all the horribleness that associated with it, of course, I'm not ignoring that, but just that social aspect. We have a call? All right, let's go ahead and take the call.
5: Hi, good morning.
0: Good morning, and are live on Wild Oak Living. What do you want I, to share with us?
5: Uh, the hardest thing for me during the pandemic, one of the most hardest things has been living with just a landline okay. and no screens, and all public computers have been shut down for a year and a half, and everything's online, uh, finding out everything, getting a test, getting a vaccine. Everything is online, and it seems like everybody forgets about us people without landlines. Lots of times they give announcements, they don't mention phone numbers, and it's been really difficult. Also, I lost my mother during the pandemic, and that was horrible that I could not be with her or go see her. She's in another city, and that's the most horrible thing to lose your parent and Uh, not being able to be with them when they're dying. That's been horrible. But one of my joys is that I'm planting a garden. That's very joyful. And I have very little community support, but the support that I do have is very, very valuable. And one of my most uh, painful things right now is what's happening in Palestine and Israel. And could I mention a demonstration that we're doing tomorrow morning? Go ahead. Okay. We are meeting in front of the, where the old post office was in Gualala, but now it's called Red Stella on Highway 1 across the street from Surf Super at noon to stand up for equal rights and justice for the Palestinians and demand a peace treaty right now. And, uh, so please bring signs, flags, instruments, anything, and please join us tomorrow. And our group is called South Coast People for Peace and Justice. And thank you for letting me announce that, Johanna. I appreciate it. Noon thank you tomorrow, for calling Ms. in, Thank you. Take care.
0: Do we have more calls, Eddie? Okay. In that case, Joanne, I would invite you to. Talk a bit more about what you were talking about, either in response to the call or, or uh, uh, maybe continue the, talking about the uh, the storytelling. Mm-hmm. And maybe before you before you go on, Joanne, I just realized it's the half hour mark, and I would like to let everybody know you are listening to Wild Oak Living. And th- I'm Johanna Wildok. This program comes to you every other Thursday from 9 to 10 a.m. Today, uh, I'm joined by Joanne Rosen, a local therapist. And we are talking about the concept of resilience, especially uh, as, as as we reflect on the trauma that we take with us from the pandemic and and the, the fear and apprehension that many of us have about going forward. Uh, and uh, so we're focusing on that as a, as a call-in, if you'd like to join us for that. Give us a call at, at 707-895-2448. and at eight forty five, I mean nine forty five, I'm going to be joined by Luisa Arona, and we're going to be talking about hands on resilience, uh, w- local workshops uh, that will teach uh, self reliance uh, and, uh, and 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 um, hands on hands on tools for dealing for for becoming more resilient. Uh, so we're. we're Right now, we are taking calls. If you'd like to join us, 895-2448. And in the absence of calls, I would like to invite Joanne Rosen to talk a bit more about the concept of resilience. Oh, we do have a call. All right. Let's go ahead then. Hello, Caller. Are you live on Wild Oak Living?
2: Good morning. Uh, I'm going to try not to get emotional, um, but I think the answer really to everything is love and so for me what has helped me the most is to, to openly express my love for family and friends and have it reciprocated um, and also to just find the gratitude every day for 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 all the good things in my life and to appreciate and acknowledge how lucky I am in spite of I mean I've had you know a lot of personal crises on top of the pandemic but yet all you have to do is look around you and see people who are suffering so much more than you are and I think that on acknowledging that helps you you know keep going and and enjoy your day and um i don't know love is the answer that that's all i would add
0: oh thank you so much caller for that inspiring thought thanks joanne what do you think about that love is the answer
1: um I think we have to hold it all and we have to find a way to make room to hold it all. So when uh, when the caller said, you know, she has the <clears throat> the love and the support of family and friends to really spend time marinating in the goodness of that, in the details in what that means to her so that that nourishes the the nervous system and then when she sees those who are suffering she isn't carried away by a freak out that she's got to run and fix it right now or that she has to run away from that suffering that she can be there with an open heart more resilient in order to make a wise decision for herself how should she respond that we are going to have to make time to keep ourselves resilient because the challenge now is to become more and more and more involved with each other and to really everyone up their ante for being a part of a solution. And if we can't handle the pain, and we have to either run away or try and fix it in a way that maybe it's not our business to fix or maybe we're not fixing it in a way that's wise. That if we can be present with that pain, we can make some wise decisions, but we're not going to be able to be present with pain if that's all we're present with. So just having the good, bad, the ugly be there and know that that's just how it is that's the human condition and we're all called to step up more
0: how do you how do you differentiate between this feeling of of you know as you said hold it all with it with an open heart and yet this this the the overwhelm that comes from knowing you can't fix it maybe not even a little bit maybe you know you but you certainly can't fix it all even if you can fix a small part
1: well you have to remember we're just a speck each of us is doing our speck's worth and if we're we're overwhelmed then we can't even do that so it's this interplay between being aware of when you're overwhelmed and learning how to stretch that Zone of well-being to encompass more and more intensity of emotion without being perceiving it as a, an emergency or an instantaneous threat.
0: I love the concept so, of 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 love. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no, you go ahead. Um. A couple of years ago, there was a healer here, from I think she was from New Zealand or Australia, and I'm and I'm I'm sorry to say that that I've now forgotten her name, um, but she taught me something that has helped me so much, uh, in, and and that I practice actually several times a day, which is pretty surprising because I have a really hard time acquiring new habits, always have, um, and she said when you were in that situation of, of overwhelm and you and you simply there's simply not anything you can do uh you know to to fix it uh, because it's far away or too big or whatever sending love to that situation to those people and she makes it very she made it very physical in fact she says choose what color that love has and then imagine sending that color that color of love to that situation or to those people and i and i do that whenever you know i listen to the news and something really overwhelms me i i do that and i know that i know that it doesn't uh fix the situation but i feel like i've i feel like i've done a tiny bit something to send love out to the world and that makes me feel better
1: so for those who um don't necessarily relate to sending a color out if we relate to some situation in our lives where we feel like we have a completely open heart and a lot of caring and spend time imagining that thing whatever it is uh an animal uh a a spiritual practice a a person, a place in nature, and we recognize how that inhabits the body, and then just drop the story or the object of that love and feel it in our bodies. And each of us may feel it in a different way. If we practice that, then we can bring that up as a newly formed habit when things may be overwhelming and you just want to do some kind of caring if you feel overwhelmed then your ability to imagine how to respond in a in any way is diminished but if you can balance it out by bringing back in that caring feeling into the body because you've developed the habit of doing that then it clears the mind to know what is your appropriate response.
0: When when you said uh, when you said drop that object and feel it in your heart, I, I, I was a little confused by that part. So if I'm
1: like, I delight in. Um, seeing the grass in front of me right now, the tall wheatgrass flowing in the, in the breeze. And I can, I'm just stopping to notice what's going on in my body. Okay. There's a kind of relaxing into my body. So then I just focus on the relaxing into my body rather than the wheatgrass. grass. So I'm dropping the object. I'm not using that wheatgrass anymore because I can sense what it did in my body. Now I just hold that sense. It will change, but I hold it for as long as I can. Then maybe I open my eyes again and look at the grass and re-experience it. But eventually I can just bring up that sense of the wheatgrass. And it might be that... I make my arm kind of flow with the wheatgrass and uh, I can just feel that. And then I don't need to have the wheatgrass in front of me. I can just move my arm and that feeling comes back up because Mm. I've paired it. I've paired that movement of my arm with this feeling in my body. So I I can bring it up on demand. Um, Okay. Or... Putting a hand on your heart, when you feel your heart open and you put your hand there, then if you do that enough, when you put your hand on your heart, it goes in the other direction and you can bring that feeling up.
0: I put my hand on my heart when I'm grateful or when I express great gratitude. And and just just putting my hand on my heart brings up that feeling that I get when I express gratitude. So it's
1: physically exactly. connected now. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. There, there's a neuroscientist named Paul Ekman who um, was at UCSF. He did uh, a lot of work on uh, facial expressions and micro expressions, and the you know everybody when they're happy they smile. But uh, what he discovered was that if you could actually contort the muscles in your face to be a genuine smile then you would actually begin to feel happy so that if you are able to pair up certain bodily sensations with movements that are deliberate you can really affect your your mood quite a bit um i was going to tell you a story but i think we only have one minute um, go ahead so and go ahead to, and,
0: and tell us. Leave
1: us whatever you to, want to leave us I, with. Um
0: a, a couple of years
1: ago, I went to a a border town uh, on the, on the Gaza Strip. It was a, an Israeli town, and um, they were an experiment in how to make a, a super dangerous situation. Um, to have a resilient population and that population had as one of their um, their uh, pillars of resilience to have a plan for what to do in case of adversity and this was uh, very important in helping uh, people feel uh, less dysregulated living right on the border Um, It helped them so much that they have an active relationship with the people in Gaza. Um, So I think that being prepared with skills that help us um, look at perhaps lighter ways of living on the land or living in uh, harmony with nature uh, might actually create a, a nervous system that is more resilient and uh, i think that was my handoff although very brief
0: oh thank you so much joanne rosen for this wonderful handoff and for being with us this morning uh and again joanne rosen is a local therapist and she does resilience workshops through the library in ukiah so if you're interested in future workshops you can contact the library in ukiah, uh, and. Um, and, and and learn so many amazing things from Joanne. Thank you again, Joanne. And now I would like to let you know, again, you are listening to Wilder Living. This is Johanna Wilder. Today we're covering two topics. We talked about resilience in the face of the pandemic. And now we're going to switch to a more sort of hands-on type of resilience by welcoming Luisa Arunov. And I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Abeja, Abeya Hummel from Emerald Earth Sanctuary in in uh, Boonville, and we're going to hear about what's happening there and how you can join them to learn more about hands on resilience. Welcome to Wildlife Living, Luisa
6: and Abeja. Hi, so nice to see you on Zoom again. <laughs> yeah, and here you <laughs> I, I don't
0: know if I pronounced your name right. <laughs>
7: You did a great job, Abeja Hummel. Yeah, we're up here at Emerald Earth. Yeah, it's Spanish for honeybee, and we're um, you know we're an intentional community up here uh, on about 189 acres. We've been here for over 30 years, and we're very small right now. We have seven residents, eight residents, nine nine residents. (laughs) It changes, changes. and um, yeah, we're off the grid and small natural buildings, and for us. Um, you know, COVID has obviously been hard, and I don't want to dismiss it for you know what this how horrible it's been for so many people and so many things going on in this world. But you know, we've really felt incredibly blessed and uh, incredibly uh, lucky to have to be in the place we're in right now, and also really excited to be able to open up to events and. Uh, inviting people to come up once again and share and see what we're doing, share what they're doing um, in a way that we can, you know, I think a lot of people have more people have expressed interest in Emerald Earth than they have in a very long time uh, as the the pandemic has hit and I think it's made people really realize that it's ready, it's
6: time for some changes. And I would just like to add that I'm continually astounded with how much resilience we have as a community and how much joy, when I talk to people who are in more isolated situations, um, during the smoke, the wildfires, the stress of that, um, during COVID, um, we've managed to um, continue and not only have a core of community and love here, but also be able to reach out into the greater community to have enough energy um, and compassion to do that. And so I'm hoping that um, some people can come here and learn from that and get some ideas about how to survive and be resilient in really, really difficult times. You want to tell them about the events that we are having? Sure. So we're going to have a Solstice Community Resilience Weekend. So Solstice, it'll be the June 18, 19, and 20. And we're going to have a variety of workshops, activities, um, tours, games, um, a lot of things that have really nourished us we would like to share with other people. And something, I think that we'll just have a lot of discussions while we're doing a lot of activities, um, but to give people hands-on ideas about what really helps create a resilient community.
0: And, talk a um, bit more, talk, can you talk a bit more specifically, Louisa, about what, what some of the activities are that are coming up that weekend? I know you gave us a general idea, yeah. but...
6: Um, Okay. Well, Abeha, why don't you tell them the ones you're leading? Okay.
7: Well, you know, I've been really appreciating this show, Joanna, because it it really ties into a lot of what we're doing. And I think, you know, resilience takes has so many different levels. And I think everyone, people are going to come at different areas. You know, I, I personally am a facilitator of the work that ReConnects, Joanna Macy's work. And um, Whereas you know there are really exciting things that we're doing, like we're using less water than you know almost probably anyone else in California per individual person. You know, like there's there's a lot of things that we're doing that on the on the earth plane level that are really great. But I think for a lot of people, just starting with that connection to the earth, with honoring the pain that we've all been feeling and the sorrow and the sadness. Um, And that kind of thing is also going to be integrated. So we'll be doing Joanna Macy work. We'll be doing, um, you know, we'll have some workshops on that, and we'll be integrating it into our daily things. Uh, And then we'll be doing singing and community, you know, gatherings and time in nature. And then on top of that, there'll be tactical hands-on workshops. Uh, I'll be working on teaching some bird language. I'll do a permaculture 101. You know, we probably have, honestly, we have a lot of things we could teach, and so we're Wanting to know what people want, also, um, okay. Louise, go ahead. You go ahead. You have a okay. list.
6: Well, I'm pretty fanatical about water conservation because I work for the Water Goddess, and um, I will be delighted to give people a tour of my gray water system and talk about um, a lot of the more detailed parts of gray water, and um, and I'd also like to really show people what we're doing for gardening when there's a drought. I think drought might be the biggest challenge we've ever faced here, more than smoke or anything. Um, There will be a tour of components of an off-grid water system also, Um, but also some things people might just be interested in. is like how to make cheese and yogurt. Even if you don't have a source of milk, If you're making your own cheese and yogurt, you know how much plastic you avoid purchasing? I mean, those little tiny yogurt containers, you know, that took more energy to make than the calories you get from the food. I mean, if you're making your own yogurt, you are really cutting down on trash in the ocean. So it's part of the big picture. Um, And... um, AC acorn processing on there. Yeah, some of our activities will be... Fun things like milking the goats and going for a hike with the goats. That's one of our favorite pastimes when we have time, going for a walk with the goats. And um, there'll be um, crafts and games for kids also. Um, it, It might be really hot. On solstice weekend, so we do have some focused discussions planned. If it's too hot to go walking and hiking, we can sit in the shade and have some focused discussions on topics like um, we've been doing a lot of prescribed um, preparation for prescribed burns here. And we're actually getting to be kind of leaders in the local community for um, teaching people how to prepare for prescribed burns, which is for fire safety, but it's also for forest restoration. Restoration. Uh, there's a lot of forest restoration work being done here by Abeha's husband, Tom, and he knows so much about using goats um, for land clearing and what you need to cut down to be fire safe um, and be helping the forest. And I'm learning so much about, like, do you know, when you do a control burn in a grassland, how you're really helping reduce the number of ticks. I never knew that before. And did you know that when you make a fire under some oak trees, okay, you're going to kill some leaves, but you're also reducing some insects that might be hazardous to the tree. And, um, and of course, for having more acorns, we're hoping to have more and more acorns after these um, burns. And um, do you have any other questions? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, we have about five minutes left
0: in the show, and um, I'd like to uh, maybe also have you talk a bit about, uh, I I took a a workshop from you about um, uh, natural building methods, actually, I I think it was a week or maybe even two week workshop, it was, was a wonderful workshop, very hands on, and I learned a lot. And um, you know i would I would have built my house using all of those methods if I didn't live at the end of an eight mile dirt road without enough other people around to help me to do that because one of the things I learned about natural building is it takes people <laughs> you, yeah. it's really hard it's really hard to do it by yourself, which is why you know you as a community, I think uh, are are such a great example for for that kind of process and I just want to talk, want to maybe talk, have you talk a bit about what people can actually see when they come to your place because you have a lot of interesting things to experience and buildings and other
7: things. Absolutely yeah thanks Joanna. Yeah it's I think one of our goals for this weekend is to just show people and inspire people. We're not going to be able to teach you every single thing to completely transform your life in a weekend, but to just get some inspiration. We, all of our buildings are earthen, um, cob and straw bale and light straw clay. We have an amazing solar oven made by a local man named David Skillman that tracks the sun and we cook, you know, multiple meals a day all through summer and winter. We have solar dehydrators, um, gray water, um, we will be having some upcoming workshops for doing natural building too. Luis is just reminding me. Um, but yes, you can see us, you, you know, uh, we use composting toilets. Uh, you know, just a lot of different ways that we are trying to really improve our connection with the earth and with each other. So they are not only environmentally friendly, they're also socially sustainable and um, connective to the planet. And you can see pictures of us, of what we're doing, um, if you go to our website, which is emeraldearth.org.
0: And t- talk and a bit more- oh. Oh, go ahead, Louisa, but I just wanna make sure we have enough time for you to reiterate when the workshops are and how people can get in touch with you. Okay,
6: well, um, if you go to our website, emeraldearth.org, there is uh, more information about our upcoming event, and you can always email us at community at emeraldearth.org. And
7: there was a woman who called in earlier talking about how hard it is when you don't have digital technology in your home, so I want to also give you our phone number, which is, pencils ready, 707-972-3096.
6: Um... And I'll be happy to get back to you. And if you're interested in our weekend, oh, Mendocino County residents, since we don't need to put you up if you wanna stay at your own house, we have a special one day rate for local people. So contact us. And if you really wanna to come to our weekend and you can't afford it, we do have work trades available. So contact us at community at emeraldearth.org or call us and. I'd love it if you can come here and learn some things that we've been doing. And share what you've been doing. <laughs> well,
0: thank you, Luisa and Abeja, for, for being on Wilder Living this morning. That was a great fit with our first topics. I'm really glad that worked out the way it did. All the best for your community. And it sounds like a, a, a really fun workshop in June. What are the dates again?
6: Um, June 18th, 19th, and 20th. So we'll start um, around 3 p.m. on Friday and go till about 3 p.m. on Sunday and six delicious organic meals served. <laughs> Great. Thank you both for being on Wilder. Living. So on. Thanks.